everyone. I'm Kelsey Litchfield, joined by Jennifer Campbell and Karen Corrigan, and this is Girls Talk Ad. Corteva AgroScience provides cutting-edge solutions for farmers worldwide. Learn more at Corteva.com. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Jennifer, Karen, and Kelsey show, or as we like to call it, Girls Talk Ag. Um, where in the world is Kelsey Litchfield today? We're on Zoom. You can't see us, but you guys can see I'm in a hotel room. I am in Decatur, Illinois. Um, we're getting ready for the Farm Progress Show. That's at the end of August. Um, a little plug, Illinois Soybean Association, our agronomy team is going to have a plot this year um, within the fence. So we're getting ready for that. It was planted to all soybeans a couple weeks ago. Um, nothing special this first year because we, we just found out they were doing it. I think it was late last fall. And I think the hope is to eventually do um, some systems, um, whether it's corn, um, wheat, soybeans, of course, but also looking into cover crops and, you know, things like that. So we couldn't turn that around as quickly. So we just planted it all to soybeans this year. Um, but we'll be able to highlight some partners we work with. Karen might be there as a soy envoy. And Cool. Hopefully, I said I would yeah, show up when I bring my students down. So. Oh, that's cool. While they explore, I'll pop in and work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it should be interesting. I, someone was telling me the other day that they are going to have a concert. Um, I hadn't seen that beforehand, but I, I hear that um, a lot of the vendors are going to be there. So I hear it's going to be a pretty big show. I, I don't know. I don't want to say as usual because, you know, the pandemic really put a crank into things. But I wonder if like the international visitors are going to come back maybe full force this year. Um It'll be interesting. I I do like this because so the week before um, Farm Progress Show is a half century of progress show in Rantoul. And some of you know, we show antique Ford tractors and that's like the old classics. So you have the old classics, a half century that are, they're doing old iron out in the fields. They're plowing the fields, they're picking corn, things like that. And then you go the next week to Decatur, it's all the new stuff. So I think it's a good, um, good. Yeah, very cool. Do the old and the new. So I'm excited. Um, but first, we got other things to do before we can go out and play. But because it's been very dry, but we got some rain, the million dollar rain in Illinois, at least. I, we were talking earlier, we got six inches within one week. It started with that um, derecho that moved through Illinois. We didn't, where I live, we didn't get uh, winds, luckily, that bad. Um, we did get some, but we got the rain that came with it, um, which was very much needed. A lot of people were starting to get worried, uh, very worried. I don't know, is it too late? I'll leave that up to Karen, the agronomist. I don't know. For soybeans, it's probably right on time. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of questions about the corn. And some a lot of misinformation also, but um, I think it just depends on the cornfield. Some of the early corn that got established well looks pretty good. Um, it is short, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. 
Um, corn generally is shorter if it doesn't have a lot of rain because it has ample sunshine and it doesn't have to compete with its neighbors. Um, we also had colder nights, which um, can also stack the nodes closer together. And so they don't hmm. elongate. So that makes shorter corn also. Um, but doesn't hurt the, the possibility of it will depend on which ear site is set. So that we'll find out soon because some of the fields are starting to pollinate. Now we have some other fields that are completely uneven and those are having issues. So they were planted later and they were more dry early when that ear was being established. And so those fields, I think are gonna take quite a hit. Um, I saw some corn yesterday, was probably not quite waist high yet, but very uneven. I saw another field that had tassels here and there, which always worries me if the, you know, tassel and the silks are not on at the same time. So um, that will be interesting how that works out. Maybe with the unevenness, everything will get pollinated, but then again, you know, how big are those ears? So um, the corn, I'm a little more worried about if it wasn't planted early. The soybeans, um, they're small, but and some are ugly, but, you know, ugly beans can still yield. So I think uh, what I've noticed around here driving fast, of course, you don't notice much on a galloping horse, but um, some beans are super tall and some are staying shorter. And I, I, I some of that's probably population out in the field. Probably. Um, but um, that's what I've noticed this year. Some are getting tall and I don't want to say lanky, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. tall and. Well, they generally get taller if they're closer together and they're competing. Right. So yeah. um, higher populations will do that, but there's not a lot of beans around here where the row rows have been closed. That's um, what I've been noticing is that it, they're not just, they're not closing this year like they normally do. Um, you and can the dryness kind of slowed down the vegetation. So what does slowing down the vegetation do to the population or the, the dryness? You know? No, I mean, beans got eat. a couple inches tall and they just kind of stalled out uh -huh. and kind of waited for better conditions. And now that we've had better conditions, um, you know, I think they've started to grow, but they're, yeah, they're just not closing. Fortunately, you know, we didn't have a lot of weed pressure because right. that top inch or so was really dry. Um, but I fear that the rains this past week um, are going to germinate some more weeds. But people need to remember that you can't keep spraying. There are restrictions for a reason, and some of those reasons are crop injury. So be very careful. A PSA for the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to have your video out soon um, that you did, Sharon, about weeds. Um, okay. We'll be sure to share that on Girls Talk Ad. That'll be a good video to share. But with that, this time of year, Jen, I was telling you earlier, I'm excited to hear about your favorite holiday. Wheatmas. Wheatmas. We finally finished Wheatmas yesterday. Uh, we start, and now just my disclaimer is always, we raise enough wheat to haul hog manure, cattle manure. And um, this year was actually, we had... <laughs> I know this is not huge, but we had over a hundred acres of wheat um, because uh, we bought a tiling machine a few years ago. And so we've been in slowly incorporating uh, those tile projects into our wheat ground so that uh, we can do those in the summer. And um, 
we started June 26th and did this field here at home. And um, then we, we talk about rain. We, we've been rained out. We literally been rained out till, uh, or the wheat's been too wet. Uh, started out too wet, then we, we got sidetracked by uh, rain. We, uh, let's see, went in yesterday. And we have somebody bailing all the straw too. So we're trying to coordinate with them. So we started, did 40 acres, a little over 40 acres yesterday and a little, just under 40 acres, no, two days ago. And then yesterday we did a little under 40 acres and finished up. So Wheatmas is over. Wheatmas was very good to us this year. Um, so does a good Wheatmas equal a good Christmas? <laughs> We'll find out, won't we? Uh, Chris just was saying this morning, I'm like, because he, he, he'd had this goal for over 100 bushel wheat and we, we accomplished that this year. And um, he said, the number one rule is uh, don't worry about the money that you put into it. Just raise the wheat, but give it what it needs. So maybe not. Maybe we just raised a bunch of wheat to <laughs> do our other work. But um, we had a good year for wheat and, and they're getting the straw off it. And um, we're getting quite a bit of straw this year too, so. Was it a bit early or no? Was it right on time? Wheat? Yeah. You know, it's, wheat's funny. We always, we always, we always say July 4th around here is about wheat. We, um, I, I had to be in St. Louis for a meeting on like the 23rd of June. And um, Chris kept telling me, you're going to miss wheatness. You're going to miss wheatness. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But because number one, you ain't fucking harvesting wheat while I'm gone. So just forget <laughs> it. Ain't happening, dude. You think you can be funny, but you're not. And um, we did think it might be early because of the dry weather. Now it ended up pretty much right on time. Um, they haven't but, started combining around here yet. Oh, you haven't? Mm -mm. It's not ready to wet? What, what's going on? I don't know. I mean, I, there's just a few fields here and there. There's a lot of organic production in the area, though, so maybe that normally is later. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen anybody taking any of the weed out. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. Wow, so then I would say it's, it's late. Isn't that late for you guys, do you think? I would think it would be. Not late, not way late, but later than normal. Later. I mean, it's, it's July 8th or 7th. Maybe not. I, and I'm not a weed expert. Um, I know that wheat was like around here. Some people on, like towards the end of like June 26th, wheat was uh, above 20%. And I know what we've been, uh, what we harvested the last two days was uh, down around 14, 15. So 
And, and people always ask me, they do, why, why I call it Wheatmas, what I love about it. And it's kind of hard to put into words. Again, we only raise enough. We raise a small amount. So basically Wheatmas for us, wheat harvest for us is a day, mostly a day. And so, you know, it's not like a regular corn or soybean harvest for people who run, you know, harvest crews who are just at it all the time for months on end. So I, I get that, you know, it's a little different for me. Um, wheat really rallied last year, uh, the price. And so a lot, we had a lot of acres around here. People were like, oh, we'll raise wheat. Now, um, I think the price that wheat dropped yesterday, I think, something about the corn and the drought. I don't, I'm not a marketer, just yeah. hearing Chris. So I, I was joking last week. I was like, I would love to go on harvest out in Texas <gasps> and stuff. That'd so be a harvest I, crew. I, I, I would do it if I didn't have the job I was in now, I think. Like I would just, I've, there was a couple people, farmers in my area that did it before they came back to the farm and they highly recommended it for anyone. They go, it's a good experience. It gets you out of your comfort zone. Um, you make connections and network and I've seen people go on it. And um, I think part of the key to that too, is working for other people. Yeah. You learn, you learn. Mm -hmm. I, if I didn't, yeah, if I, if I didn't have, I've always told Chris, I'd like to take like a week or two off and go photograph wheat harvest with a crew. And he's like, okay, well, you know, you got wheat here, you got your, I could like be planting double crop soybeans today. And we got some tile work and you got hog work. And I'm like, why does work have to get in the way of what I want to do? That's <laughs> stupid. But, I would like cotton harvest one of these days. I tried yeah, to go last year, but it just didn't work out. But maybe, maybe soon. But I want to go like, with you when you do cotton harvest. We need to do a trip. So if anyone out there, we're dead serious. Because I've talked about this for years. I want to go out and photograph a cotton harvest or video oh, it. I have a client who has cotton. Okay. I, I, that is seriously what the top five things on my bucket list. I've told, I mean, we have that. to go to Tennessee, but he has that's gotten, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's closer than probably Texas or Mississippi yeah. or Alabama or anywhere like that. So I, I would actually do it. If someone would plan it, I would, <laughs> I think, I think the more things you can get out there experience, um, it's good to get out there and learn about other things. So maybe we'll do a, we should do a trip and then we'll record a podcast episode about it. Okay. Plan it. We're doing this. I will talk to Tyler. Uh, Jen, you mentioned double crop soybeans. So you are doing that after we the are, we always do some double crops. Um, we try to do them even if we haul hog manure, uh, it's just, you know, obviously it's cash crop that yeah. that helps cover those acres um but we are i'll plant uh i'll plant probably 60 acres today try to get that farm down there done in years past have you gotten a decent yield on them or just oh uh, yeah oh yeah you know if they get the right rain we 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 do fairly decent on double crops around here with the right rains and you get them in early enough um i mean they're no first crop beans but but they're they're definitely worth doing around here and we've got a few tiling projects and we've got to get hog manure out and but um yeah. we always plant double crop beans on our we 
we had a reporter reach out the other day um, that was looking for a grower who were not planning on doing double crop this year, but now maybe have changed their mind. Oh. Either the market or maybe because of the rain, out of one of those two options. And we're like, we don't know anybody that would change their mind per se, but like we decided to run a poll on Twitter, which given, I don't know how accurate this is, but we asked, are there any farmers who are not planning on double cropping this year, but now have changed your mind? And 20% said yes, just decided to, 27% said no, already planned it. And then 53% said still thinking about it. And it's like, well, if you're still thinking about it, you might want to make that decision here in the next I guess I had, what's the, I hate to be stupid here and don't, don't, well, I guess you can come at me, I don't really care. Um, like we will have a few acres that we are not going to plant double crops on that we're going to do tile work on. What would be, other than that, what would be the reason for not planting double crops? Too far north. Too far north. That valid. I get that. Didn't think of that, but valid. Okay. So it would be more of the fringe acres that maybe normally wouldn't, but due to the dryness or the recent rains or hoping that it stays warm longer um oh maybe for the price of soybeans they decided to see what yeah. they can do with it and that i was gonna say that report that came out last week that bean acreage was down maybe they'll they like the price and they want to try it and it works out for them i don't know mm -hmm. so interesting learn something new every day yeah that's for sure. i guess i didn't i didn't think about too far north um that that is kind of a duh moment to me I don't know why I didn't think of that I, I I get really focused on around here you know how you get kind of in your little backyard loop. yeah backyard but well that goes back to what we said earlier get out and yeah experience different things see why people do things they it's it's what I've learned in this job is every farmer does they do it differently um, and and, and as they should to be honest with you because it takes all kinds if we all did it the same it would be okay. it wouldn't be what it is so hmm, interesting what else is going on i was going to say so what's next it's county fair season i know we've talked about that on girls talk ag before um but it's that time of year so are you jennifer or you usually help right are yeah I'll sign up for about anything. God, uh, this year they need the, well, somebody, I think it was Solomon Show Supply donated buckets for all of the cattle show winners. I think there's 24 buckets. I think we have, 20. and I've got to uh, uh, put stickers on all vinyl design stickers, put those. Uh, yeah, so I'm doing that. And um, we're doing the tractor driving contest. And um, then I'll do the beef tent. I have to, uh, or I'm on a county beef board. So I'll do one, one full day at the ribeye stand um, and fill in when needed there. So yeah, you'd think after 4-H I'd be like, I ain't going back there, no. <laughs> You just keep raising my hand and volunteering for stuff. Well, see, we've we've talked about that 
too before, you know, volunteering, giving back to your community. Um, in a couple of weeks during our 4-H fair, I'll be videoing the exhibitors and their animals who are in the auction. So when COVID happened, um, I believe this was an extension rule. They couldn't bring their live animals back to the auction. They just wanted the animals just shown off the trailer and take them home and then you come back for the auction. Well, they thought, why don't we video them? So that's that's how I'm helping this year is I'll video all the animals that are in the auction. And then we'll have a big, or we'll have a projector and a screen. And then while they're auctioning it off, they'll get to see their animal up there, which is nice. And it allows them to have some video of them showing that they could ever potentially use it for anything. So, uh -huh. so they still can't bring their animal back for the show? Mm -mm. They never re reinstated them? No, and I'm I'm kind of surprised, but I don't know if that was that's still an extension thing or if that's just something they've just decided to roll with because it's easier. Or I wouldn't say easier if it's just it's just worked out so well that they just want to keep doing it. Um I haven't so, asked every auction is different, but like ours literally you load the animal on the truck after the auction. Yeah. Um uh, the meaning that the exhibitor keeps it. No, it you oh. load it on the livestock truck. No, so this the, this is the kind of auction where the exhibitor still gets to keep it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's not an actual auction where they get sent off to the market. No. Okay, ours is an actual auction. So yeah. Well, we still have some state fair is still a couple weeks after our fair, so we do too. And so if you go through what you send through the auction, you um can't buy back or is not a state fair entry oh, okay so yeah so it it should be interesting i know i've seen i'm not well into this so i can't speak to it but i know there's been some controversy over in illinois around the illinois state fair that they're now charging multiple fees like a manure fee oh my um, gosh stuff like that and people are pissed like and i would be too they're they're trying to slack on all these extra fees to them. And I was reading a story about it in Prairie Farmer. It's just like, does that really discourage people from showing up? I don't know. I think they'll still do it and pay the fee. Oh, people who want to show want to show. Yeah. Is it annoying? Yes. Are they still going to show? Yeah. No one's going to say, oh, I'm not paying them a nerfy. I don't want to show that bad. Well, in Illinois, it's like, are those fees actually going towards, you know, making the grounds better? Because Illinois is, they've tried in recent years they've tried and they have made repairs but some people wonder if it's enough or if those fees are actually going towards you know making the facilities better um i've heard over and over again the illinois state fair isn't what it used to be um i've heard that for a long time um i didn't show livestock at the illinois state fair i just went through the general show you know the 4-h general show um i'm not an active goer of the illinois state fair but it's i'm not an active goer of the indiana state fair we never showed on the state level um they're building a new or have built a new hog facility hog barn show hog barn um at the indiana state fair what i will say though is is if you get a chance to visit a county fair go and um if you're asked to volunteer or help out at the county fair level, please do it because um, 
I'll just, I don't know if anybody will hear this or not from Johnson County. We have an amazing extension office and staff, as well as a fair board who put on an amazing fair and, and genuinely our fair board and the people who run our county fair is all volunteers. It's, they're not paying positions. They're not, and they put in so many hours and, and you know, I think all county fairs are like that. Yeah. Um, our county fair, um, they've put a lot, they, they've put a lot of improvements and it's nice to see the area businesses sponsoring that and getting in on that because they've been able to build a new, um, two new sheds out there. One's an office and one, the other one's where the um, steers get weighed and uh, they do their poultry and rabbit show in there too. Um, you guys always get some big name entertainers coming in. Well, that just recently started, to be honest, Karen, that started about probably three, four years ago. Before that, they didn't, they didn't have a concert, really. It was the, it was the local people in the beer tent, which I love. You have a beer tent? Did you just say beer tent? We don't have, we don't have a beer garden or a beer tent. Legally, we we don't. They have, they have, they have a stage in there and the local band showed up and that was great. Um, But then I think literally probably four years ago, they started doing the concert because they got the. I won't say because, but they, they were able to get some good sponsors to bring them in and then in return, because they've made revenue off that, then they can make the improvements, you know, to the, yeah. so, so who's uh, coming this year, uh, Scotty McCreary <gasps> and Sawyer. Can you Brown. get us tickets? Sure. Or I, said, I saw Sawyer Brown, I think at the American Royal in high school. I yeah. am not a big concert goer to huge venues. Yeah. If I can see them in small venues, I'm all about it. Dylan, Uh, is it Dylan Scott? He's at our fair this year. That's good. Last year, was it? Yeah, last year we had Josh Turner and Mm -hmm. I can't remember the other one. And then the year before it was- Yeah, um, I love Josh Turner. Alan Ray, Sammy Kershaw. They've done a great job. I'm like, can you get like um, Def Leppard or um, ACDC or something? (laughs) We, um, I like country, but let's get some rock. The last one I went to at our fair was Phil Vassar. (laughs) This year, the fair, the next county over where I grew up, Shelby County Fair, had Dina Carter. Hmm. It was Hmm. fun. It really was. I I love small venues where you can see someone. Um, I I don't want to. And I'm not bashing anybody for this. So when I say this, I'm just, I see all these people on social media hitting up the Taylor Swift stuff. If I have to sit three miles away and watch her on a video, I might as well be in my recliner. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not kidding. I'm like, <laughs> if, if I can't, if I have to either have binoculars or watch her on a big screen, I'll watch it on my TV at home in my recliner. I, I don't, I'm not... Or you can just live through TikTok. That's what I've been doing. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's different. So, you know, if 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 some people like, oh, it's the atmosphere and the whatever the swift culture is called. I'm like, no, I'm I'm good at home. If I have to sit three miles away in an uncomfortable chair around sweaty people, I'm good to go at home. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So... It's summer. Hopefully we'll get to a good concert. Um, but no, I, it's I'm just worried about getting 4-H projects done. 
I'm so glad I don't have to do 4-H projects. Everybody said, aren't you going to miss it? One of them like, mm, I enjoyed every single minute of it, but no, I don't miss it. We still go to the fair. We still get to enjoy it. The only thing I don't have is my swing in the cattle barn, but. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I bet my mom doesn't miss it. A quick, funny story before we end here. When I was in 4-H, I was showing my cat. <laughs> I had a sorry that's not the, funny the day the day of we so all of our cats are indoor outdoor cats they go outside during the day they come in at night and I remember telling my parents don't let her out at all because we want to make sure she's around and she got out and we spent the whole morning looking for the cat did you find her yes did she win Oh, uh, I think she got blue ribbon. Oh, like, well, she didn't get like state or anything like that. But my parents were so pissed. <laughs> that I, I just always... laughed so hard thinking about because it it's just it's a four H project. It's like okay, we didn't wait till last minute, but things like that happen last minute. And you just gotta do your best. Well, I'll make you feel better. One one year when I was in four H, of course, this was back in the day when there was no one hour developing for photography. Um, I think it was the day before the project was due and I hadn't done anything. My mom handed me a Polaroid camera and said, you could only take 10 pictures with like a, it's not called a roll, but a packet of Polaroid film. And you had to turn in 10 pictures. She's like, here you go. That's it. You got to finish the project because that's what we do. You have, you have 10 shots for 10 pictures and they were Polaroid. Needless to say, I didn't win photography that year. Um, but um, yeah. There's always last minute people and it's okay if you're a last minute person. Yeah. I think the goal for me was when my kids did it was you signed up, finished the project. Yeah. May not win. That's okay. That's okay. because we waited till the last minute. Finish what you started. I know some families that would sign their kids up for like 20 projects. Oh my God. would only show 30. like seven of them. Yeah. Oh, I've seen them show 30, which I don't understand how they do because they have to get slots for each judging time. Mm -hmm. Oh, now we, we're like, you go, you can either leave your project or you can wait in line. So you don't have to have a slot that, yeah. Oh, oh most of ours are judged in person. You can be there, but you just wait in line. There is, oh. a, you don't sign up for a time. That's uh, the same way with us. They just stand in line and wait. Oh, yeah. so we have to sign up for time so that if they're in different areas. I mean, some kids are there till two o'clock. Like it starts at eight and they're there. To you know. You talk about yeah the other thing i will say is the majority I, I guess you guys do this indiana does this uh open class projects do you guys do extension open class no oh so at I mean, our they at would our probably just go fair, show it at the county fair to be honest if it was open but go ahead we do uh, like extension homemakers produce you know um and so we have all, most of our county fairs have open class for adults who and um that's a that's fun to do as well if you're if you're in you know if you have time i entered a cherry pie in the shelby county fair um fyi i had a reserve grand champion crust and a champion cherry pie so you can Ooh. check those out so yeah are you gonna make it for us when we go cotton picking absolutely <laughs> So it's a way to participate as well. You know, like you may not have time to volunteer, but that makes the, that makes our fairs 
people love the open class projects around here. So I, I think we're going to go more towards that because our 4-H projects are dwindling in our county. So I'd like to see, you know, like cakes made or, you know, uh, like a pie contest. I'd love to see that photography, things like that, art. We, we have all those open class projects. And then um, most of the county fairs around here have like the yearly special. Like uh, I know here in Johnson County um, this year, usually they pick like a, a fruit or something that you have to. So this year it's cherries. So you can do cherry pies, cherry muffins. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a cherry contest. Uh -huh. so. I will say now that you mentioned it, I think the like cake decorating and stuff, they do have that open. And I, I could be wrong. Someone can, but it used to be, I think you couldn't go to state in that. And I think maybe now you can. I, open I class, I don't think go to state here. I don't remember. It, it's changed in recent years. Um, but I know, so our 4-H fair, that's the one that takes you to Illinois State Fair. And then our county fair is more of an open show where I've never submitted for a county fair because by the time the 4-H fair was over, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, now ours are all the same. Ours, you have to be in 4-H to do the 4-H stuff or you have to live in the county or be in the extension office to do the open class stuff. But as far as livestock shows, we only do 4-H livestock shows. It's definitely interesting to see how it's done in different ways. Oh, I know. It's different everywhere. Yeah, because we show in a county we don't live in, but you can choose one county to be in in 4-H. I think you can do that in Indiana as well. Now. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. Well, now you got me hungry for some cherry pie. <laughs> Farmwifefeeds.com. Okay, deal. My most cherry pies have almond flavoring in them. Yuck. Mine yeah. has vanilla. Mine has Ooh. vanilla. It mellows out those and brings the cherry forward. Do you use tart cherries or what kind of cherries? I do use a, uh, I used canned cherries, but it's, it, they're can, Oregon canned cherries in water and they're already pitted and they are tart, I believe. Yeah good deal well it's an exciting time it's summer officially so county fairs crop conditions wheat miss it's a good wheat. time of the year enjoy it Thanks. right yep i think volunteer that's, that's my big advice volunteer in your community that's a good so what, the karen's psa earlier was about spraying and knowing the Restrictions for herbicides. Karen's PSA is to volunteer. Jen's. Oh yeah, Jen. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm a little lack of sleep today. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of. I was trying to think of what my PSA would be. So, 
Jen's PSA is to volunteer. Come see the soybean pots. Yeah, I guess mine is come see the soybean pots of the Farm Progress Show. There you go. There you go. Drop the mic. Sounds good. All, All right. right. Well, double crops. Have fun. Be safe. See you later. Thanks all. Bye, guys. See ya.